the Instructor Podcast with Terry Cook, talking with leaders, innovators, experts and game changers about what drives them. Welcome to the Instructor Podcast Green Room Edition. This is a show where we cover all the latest news and hot topics from within the driving instructor industry. As always, I am your eh, mediocre host, Terry Cook. I'm delighted to be here and even more delighted that you have chosen to listen. But you'll be delighted that it's not just me. As always, I've got some of my regular regular i've got some of my premium members in the chat potentially ready to share some comments and share some thoughts i'm also joined by the co-founder of the driving instructor and trainers collective chris spencer how are we doing chris i'm really good i would never call you mediocre not after last time when you threw your toys out the pram. um i am regularly mediocre <laughs> Um, I think it's my go-to. If I can hit the thing is, if I'm doing mediocre, I'm doing better than half the world, so I'm all right. Um, but yes, we have got a key topic today because I did get a little bit frustrated at the start of the month. We're seeing a lot of negativity around the industry, and I said, let's talk about what we love about the industry. Now, after the day I've had, might not be the best day to do it, but either way, we are going to be talking about what we love about our industry. But before we do that, there is a little bit of news. It's not been a massive month for news in the industry, but there's a bit of news. So the first thing I want to mention is Road Safety Week, because as we are recording, last week was Road Safety Week, the, the campaign by Brick, the uh, the road safety charity. Uh, and the theme was all about let's talk about speed. So I'm going to ask you kind of a double-barreled questionnaire, I think, Chris. So from my perspective... I think, and I could be wrong, but I think I saw more driving instructors interacting with it this year. So I'm just wondering what what you saw and what the your kind of overall thoughts on the the campaign were. I, I had a bit of a week away from social media, except for posting myself, so I, I didn't see quite so much going on. Um, but I know I'd spoken to a few people who were aware of it and remembered it was happening. Um, I think it's the biggest thing is, you know, it's November and we're kind of, you know, in, in amongst everything going on. Um, it, it, it's very easy to know it was coming and then suddenly go, oh, it was last week, which I have done a couple of times. So I think there are a lot of people aware of it. So hopefully there was there were things going on, but I'm probably not the best one to ask because um, I was sort of, you know, just just about getting by and, and keeping up with things uh, and managing to post some bits myself. What were your thoughts on the campaign then? Because I, the, the, I found that it was... It felt very conversational. That was the whole thing. Let's talk about speed. It wasn't, we're going to shout at you until you ignore us or do what we say. It was, let's have this conversation. That that was the approach that I took with a couple of things, which was not saying, don't speed. You're, you know, you're, you're evil if you're a speeder. Or, you know, um, that speeding kills. Because people get that. They've heard it, you know, time and time again. Um, I tried to engage in more of a conversational approach and kind of say, tell me when you do speed, you know, when do you feel it's justified? Um, and I think that was some of the message behind the campaign. There were some really good posters uh, that had, you know, quotations of things that people people have allegedly said. I don't know if they were real people or, or not. Um, good marketing stuff, probably. But that was quite good of, you know, kind of justifying it. The things that we hear a lot of, well, it's not really legal because you're allowed to go 10% over. Um, all of those different different kind of comments. So it was 
that was the approach that I took. So it's definitely the message message I got. Um, the best feedback I had was that I sent the. This is something I'm going to carry on for next year. I sent the preschool pack that Break do. Their resources are really good once you find them. Um, and I sent the preschool pack to my other half's preschool. And they went, lovely, that's this week planned. Uh, and literally were sharing stuff straight from it with parents. And, and they had some really good engagement. So I think they probably got the topic right, the approach right. And hopefully that that resonated with you know the the engagement that was out there i i like the stuff you were putting out to be fair and there was one in particular that reminded me of a post i did that i can't find and i think it may have been because i wrote it for good motoring magazine but it was talking about how do you choose which laws to break you know what how do you choose i think you were talking about how do you choose over speed it wasn't is speeding wrong it was how do we choose what laws going to break so I, I agree i think there was some really good stuff there I, I don't want to spend too much time on this because th there's other stuff to cover and we've done episodes on road safety and we will do episodes on road safety before but a few things i just want to touch on it was interesting what you said there as well about the resources when you find them and and that's part of the problem because one of the 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 approaches I took with this in the guise of the instructor podcast, not my driving school, the instructor podcast was I'm trying to inform instructors. I'm trying to let them know what's going on on this day. And then they can take from that what they want. So I yeah. wasn't necessarily trying to have the conversation with instructors. It's like, this is what's available. This is what we're talking about. Go utilize it as best you see fit. But there is that barrier in there of uh, information that we can get, but there's lots of it. Where do we find it? How do we apply it? There's that barrier there for us, isn't there? Yes. And and the, sometimes there's too much and sometimes there's not enough readily available to us. And I think finding that sweet spot is a real challenge. Um, if anyone has the answer, please let me know. Stay tuned. Next year, there will be the answer. Uh, I'm not going to go into too much now, but there is a free phase plan for next year. Um, and I'm not going to too much because there's a chance I may have a nervous breakdown before then, so I'm not committing to anything. But it does kind of tie me into one other thing I want to mention around this, and this is uh, specifically giving a shout-out to Sarah Baldock, a friend of the show. Go check out her previous episodes. So I, I put a post about this, and I just want to mention something about her comment because it ties in with what we're talking about now and the positive side of the industry. And I'd be interested in your thoughts on this. So I'm going to read my post out so you can get context for the comment. Because the post I put out was, I'm currently working on a new project. There's a lot that needs to be ironed out, and it's certainly more challenging than I first anticipated. But the goal is to bring driving instructors fully on the Vision Zero bandwagon. Vision Zero is a belief that no one should be killed or seriously injured on roads. It's going to be hard work, but it's going to be worth it. Now, I got some really nice comments on that, and I got some nice messages from people and really supportive, really positive. So I'm taking nothing at all away from those people. But Sarah sent a comment that I couldn't reply to for about six hours because I spent about six hours thinking about it. And it was simply, how can we help? How can we help? I, I never see that comment. We get the kind of innocuous comment of, let me know if you need a hand. And I, I do that all the time, but no one... What what a statement. How, how can we help? How dare she? It's it's just like the best thing I've heard in what feels like years. Yeah, it and but isn't that the thing with so many things in life, not just this stuff, where we we 
either don't ask and then we complain that people haven't offered or we don't take people up on things because you know we don't we don't believe they meant it or we we don't feel that we can say yes um and and actually that's part of the epic community that we've got there's people out there that want to and not everybody wants to be the one person at the at the top of that pyramid they the there's amazing people that just want to say i want to help i i, I want to run with it so you know t- tell me which way to run and i'm off um and sarah's definitely one one of those that you know when she, when she gets the bit between her teeth she uh she 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 runs yeah I just I, I couldn't get my head around that comment, that simple comment, how can we help? And it yeah. just it almost shook me a little bit. It's like, what a great question. My answer is still I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but, but there's thoughts going on. There's thoughts going on. But yeah, that actually made my day. Um so we might tie that in a little bit later on. So when we're talking about what we love about our industry. Um but yeah, let, let's move on then because if do you know what? I'm gonna mention this and I'm gonna sound a bit arsy, but screw it, whatever. The the whole week was around raising funds and the campaign was do five things to raise funds. And I didn't raise any money and I didn't see any instructors raising money, which is part of the reason I'm going back to what I was talking about before, why I want to make this change and why I want to bring this stuff in. Cause it is disappointing in my, for me, I mean, a lot of people won't be disappointed, but for me, it's disappointing that instructors aren't, raising money but it could be because they're not seeing it as we spoke about before but one way we did raise some money was for the big learner relay um which was last week um so you know i know you're part of that chris or well lots of little big learner relays i think this time but just tell us a little bit about that about the funds that were raised what you'd noticed and so on and so forth I think it's possibly one of the reasons that you know instructors weren't necessarily focused on break. It would be interesting with no relay next year, um, assuming that's you know not replaced by something from someone. Um, that where the where the break will get more attention from the industry and and things there. But yeah, the big learner relay. Um, I, I can't explain the mixed emotions. Um, I, I think. You know, for for any for anyone who's not aware, um, uh, Louise Walsh started the relay. Uh, this was going to be the tenth year, and then sadly, in August, she died without any any warning. Um, you know, very suddenly, and that left us with no relay. So the plan of around the country, you know, all of those st- stages would never work with without. You know, her sat in there on the ground, making making it happen. I've had the pleasure of being on the committee. Uh, I'll say for a number of years because I can't remember how many years I was officially there. Um, I was always in the background, but um, you know, I I know the work that goes into making it happen. So you know, have, having lost the commander in chief um, and had lots of instructors around the country wanting to still do something. The centre of all of the relay stuff was, you know, um, was family to Louise, you know, Blaine and Amy, and you know, the, with the support for the whole family, um, that wasn't going to happen. It was interesting, if that's the right word, to watch what did kind of go on with people doing memorial tributes. Um, I'm just going to say one slight criticism. 
some amazingly laid out cars. Where's that been for the last nine years? Um, hearts and spelling out loo and try. I've tried getting instructors to park in a pattern in a car park. Um, shows you what a bit of you know a bit of inspiration gets you. Um, so so yes, um, it it was it was really touching, fascinating to kind of just see how things played out in different places uh, with people doing different things. Um, and then um, uh, on Children in Need night, uh, Louise was was mentioned, was credited during the show, uh, you know, more than once uh, about what, what she'd achieved. And the money that had been raised um, and her dedication to the cause. And, and the BLR was the only non-commercial partner of children in need and i never think it quite got the recognition it should have if i'm honest um so you know it 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 did amazing things and that's all you know absolutely wonderful you know you, you can't take away from that but then you look separately at what it's done to the industry and united and supported people and there were people um having quiz nights have, you know doing little bits of relay um just meeting up with other instructors and and doing all of that and say whatever people decide to do for charity in the future and maybe it'll be break um you know maybe it'll be a, another charity there's there's some really good charities uh, surrounding road safety uh, that do amazing work um then you know i hope that on the other side of it that camaraderie and sense of a united industry that has been bolstered and, and created by the big learner relay i hope that is the bit that continues more than anything else um i've met some awesome people i always apologize i can never remember their names i'm rubbish at that um but i've met them and i know them and they always most of them have learnt that they just have to mention their name when they start talking to me because I'm not, well, yeah, that's not my forte. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't have met them otherwise. So there, there was some great stuff going on. Um, uh, lots of outpouring of, of you know love and support, um, and over forty thousand pounds raised this year, which it, you know that could have been nothing. People might have felt they couldn't. And and again, they rallied around and and they, you know, they they put things together independently, and uh, did some brilliant stuff. Um, and 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 I I won a prize off of Phil Cowley's raffle, so I get to spend some time with Stuart Lockery, which is going to be really fun. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. Uh, unfortunately, someone won the prize of spending time with me, so they got the the booby prize. Um, <laughs> I do want to mention one thing, actually. If if you are raising money for a, a charity, the Big Learner Relay or Children in Need or any of the big charities are not taking money off you. If you are not happy and you see someone else posting, as they've done you know, with the Big Learner Relay, talking about whether it's done it, and you just mentioned the raffle there for Phil, because I've seen comments on, on his post with people saying, yeah, but I'm promoting this thing and no one's giving me as much, you know, this kind of stuff. It's not in spite of each other, it's as well as, and sometimes you just need to shout louder. So no one is promoting a charity to spite your charity. It's 
it's to help each other. It's to raise funds in different areas. And if someone does a, for lack of a better expression, a better job, then so be it. It doesn't, like I just said, I mentioned about Brick, you know, instructors were going to gravitate more towards a big learner, really, because it was about, we made it about driving instructors. You know, Lou made it about driving instructor community. Brick has never been made about driving instructor community. So they're always going to gravitate more towards that. So we can talk about it. We can have the discussion, but I, I, I don't know. I get frustrated when I see the complaints around, oh, but my smaller charity is not getting as much because of, you know. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I think charities are really difficult. I'm working closely now with a, a charity for bereaved families, um, which is was founded based on, um, you know, a, a road fatality. Um, and really close to home, and I mean that in lots of ways. So, you know, we've been talking to them about what can we do, how can we try and get engaged, and I think sometimes, especially in the driving instructor world, these charities are the the side of it that we see is is you know the the negative side of the world. So, talking about speed, we tend to talk about the negatives of speed. You know, which is why I tried to ask questions that weren't necessarily just negative, but were educational. Um, and I think because of that, you know, Big Learner Relay was very different. It was all positive. Um, so I, th- I think sometimes we and and charities need to look at ways that we can we can engage. Um, and the say the the charity that that I'm doing some work with called Joshie's Heart of Gold. Um, it would have been Josh's 16th birthday in January. So they're holding a birthday party, and there's this this you know the sadness and 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 the the celebration that have to go together for that kind of thing. I think that's one of the reasons that we often struggle. Um, and you have to also remember, social media algorithms don't like, you know, don't like one person shouting about something. They like lots of people shouting mm-hmm. about something. So sometimes it's just down to that. And maybe we shouldn't rely on social media so much. So instructors should get together and gather in person. I agree. Heaven um, to be. <laughs> well, I mean, look, for me, it's about pick a charity that works for you. You know, I look at friend of the show, Lee Sperry. You know, every, think about this right, every lesson he does or every session he does, he donates a pound to, I forget the charity's name now, but I think it's something to do with prevention of young suicides. And he's raised an awful lot of money by doing that, you know, but I, that wouldn't be the first thing that came to my mind. For me, <laughs> my go-to is the Dogs Trust. And the reason I go to a Dogs Trust is because the one thing continuing in life that's made me happy is dogs. Everything else lets me down at some point, um, but dogs continue to, so I want to look after the dogs. Um but but yeah, let, let, let's not get too much insult. I've probably insulted some people already. So let's let's move on so I can insult someone else because I want to talk a bit about the NASP webinar. Did you see the NASP webinar, Chris? Uh no, I didn't. No, it's it's on my list of to-dos. I it's say it's been a busy couple of weeks. Um so it, it was interesting. Let me put it that way. So for those unaware, uh, NASP is the well, it's a National Association Strategic Partnership, and it's a uh, collection of oh god the adinjc the msa and the dia because the dvsa oh how many acronyms because the dvsa will not talk to all three they'll only talk to one so they have to form a little collect a collective if you like and um they take it in turns to chair that collective uh once every three months rather than once every four which would 
probably make a bit more sense, I think. But either way. And they have opted to do uh, uh, an Ask NASP Anything uh, type of webinar. And I'm going to preface this by saying I'm quite a big fan of Carly Brookfield. I think she's great. I think that she gets shit done. Um, I think that if I need something answering, I could contact her. Someone messaged me, and I forget who, but someone messaged me actually after seeing the webinar and said, she's who I want talking to the DVSA. And I thought, yeah, I, I get that. I will yeah. also say that these webinars only ever seem to come about when Carly Brookfield and the DIA are in charge of NASP for that period. The Times and the MSA and ADNJC and oh, that other one are in charge of NASP doesn't seem to happen as much. So, you know, full marks to Carly Brookfield. However, it wasn't a NASP webinar. It was a <laughs> Carly Brookfield webinar. Um, it was mightily impressive in that sense. I didn't time it, but I would hazard a guess that out of the 60 minutes, Carly sport for 50, um, Lynn Barry sport for seven, and Mike Yeoman's uh, sport for three, if he was lucky. Um, and it was was fascinating. And they got a lot of stick, which I was completely against because they're giving the t- I think some people sometimes people think they're just they're just sitting there ivory tires in their ivory towers doing not, but you know, it was actually quite an interesting webinar. Uh, I would advise watching it, but there was nothing groundbreaking in there. One of the interesting things that I will mention, which probably was a bit more common knowledge than I realized, because I hadn't necessarily picked this detail up, was, and I think it was actually Lynn that said it, talking about the triggers and part of the reasoning behind the DVSA bringing them in. She said that they recently got some stats showing there were a lot of instructors with a pass rate of sub 10%. And that's why it was brought in, because to target them, not to target the people that are hovering about the pass mark or that have got one driver fault too many or that had one bad test one year, three years ago, or anything like that. It's to primarily target that really, really low thing, which I think I knew, but sometimes, you know, you need something spelling out for you. So it was interesting. I'd like to see them do it once a quarter, which I said they were going to do back in 2022, the start of 2022. I'd like to see that because I think that they could be more approachable. Um, but yeah, I know you didn't see it. Any thoughts on anything I've just said? Um, well, I didn't see it, but I, d- I did uh, spend the day with Carly at the DIA conference on Friday. Um, and um, I've known Carly since she took over the DIA. And you're right; it's it's normal. It's normally about you know ninety ten on um, on on getting a word in. I, I've learned to butt in. Um, but she'll say that herself. And and as whoever it was said to you, I've said to lots of people, if you want someone fighting your corner against politicians, um, then I would absolutely, you know, she she'd be my choice. Um and you know, I think the DIA gets stick because they're the commercial one of the of the three. But you know, that comes with benefits um and you know they they'll they'll chase things down and, and everything else and i've got a lot of time for all of them um i i always say i haven't had enough to do with msa it's it's my on my uh, new year's resolution list i'm going to do some more stuff to do with them but um yeah i i have a lot of time and respect for what they do and i've had the pleasure of sitting in you know some of these rooms with with dvsa and um i i was sat with love day on friday um so you know i've heard all of the 
the reasonings and the answers, and I kind of understand the machine. Um, it's a bit like banging your head against the wall sometimes. So I all credit to them for putting themselves open to questions. Um, it would be nice if we could find as an industry something a bit more constructive, um, you know, rather rather than just the day to day frustrations. You know, let's see if we can do something that can actually produce change uh, and see see what's happening there. Which is you know something I've started writing today actually, but we'll uh, we'll save that for another day. Uh, I would agree, as I'm sure you're aware. Um, but no, I, I, it's worth watching. You can find it. I'll put links in the show notes, but you can find it on YouTube, I think. And if they said it as a podcast, you'll be able to listen on Amazon, uh, not Amazon, uh, YouTube Music. If they haven't said it as a podcast, you won't. You'll have to watch it. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it's worth a watch. And, and like I say, full credit to them. And if you're the type of person that's going to go and watch it and then just moan and bitch about everything that's said, go listen to the uh, episode of Phil Cowley's podcast I recorded of him because I tell you what to do there. But either way, let's move on because you'd mentioned the DIA conference, which I didn't attend, but you did. So tell us a little bit about the DIA conference, how you found that, and you know, like how it compares to ones we've spoken to already, like the um, the intelligent instructor one. I. Um, I, th- I think the nice thing about the um, the DIA conference was that it was it was I suppose an old school conference. Um, it wasn't a, a, an expo type thing, um, and, and and with the move across in the industry, there haven't been many like that. And I put my hands up as I said, I don't engage, haven't engaged with the MSA for a long time, so um, it might be that they still do. But it was it was a good you know turn up have some quality speakers they they had love day there on her own uh which there's pros and cons to that it meant that she was straight answering all the questions but it did mean that you know she had to defer some of the technical questions to I'll get back to you um but the so the speakers were there and and then the afternoon after a decent lunch and I'm all for yeah that's what you measure things on is is what was lunch like um so it was a quite decent lunch and then uh the afternoon was more of a workshoppy um you know split everyone into three and then have three different workshops work their way around um yeah and i, I thought it was really really good um i enjoyed it i learned something i came away feeling fairly positive i have walked away from these things wanting to quit before um and i always feel with the DIA team, that they're all they've all got a you know a, um, a, a sort of slice of, of of that pie that they're they're um, they're engaged in what they do. They know their their bit of the the business and 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 they know their stuff about it. Um, so so yeah, I'd say that that was was nice and engaging and and it left things on quite a positive except my only negative someone nicked my goodie bag um i left it on a seat came back and it had gone and there were some lovely stickers from the british horse uh society that i was going to put in put in our cars but anyway i'm sure alan will send me some more my understanding was that love day rider had to sit next to a complete imbecile I'm not. I'm, I don't know whether you know whether, whether we're friends or not. I, I get glared at every now and again. I tried to be. I, I tried to be helpful. I asked a question which was nothing to do with the. It's, it was a genuine concern. It was nothing to do with waiting lists. I, I could have 
picked a what Terry would class as a dickish comment. Um, uh, and I didn't at all. I actually, I actually said I really appreciate the work that they're doing because as individuals, I think everyone's trying really hard. It's DVSA that are the problem as a, as a machine. And my my question was, when are we going to pull our fingers out and sort out the increasing number of automatics and how we're going to sort out licensing in the future, knowing that it's a DVLA question, but that she should have her finger on that pulse and be engaging with the sister agency. I also know that doesn't happen as much as it should. But I thought it was a good time to flag it up because that's going to be the biggest commitment that an instructor makes for the next four to six years is going to be, you know, what car am I going to have? Um, and I think that just adds to the stress and concern of an un, you know, an uncertain future. Um, unfortunately, it wasn't particularly engaged with as a as a question, and we went back to waiting lists again. So I tried. Fair enough. Um, what what I would say is, I noticed that you put a post up asking what people's thoughts on the DIA were. And there were some interesting comments on that, including someone who said, sorry, the DIA conference, including someone who said they'd rather stick pins in their eyes, which Mm -hmm. I found really interesting because I didn't think that was the choice. I think that you could choose to go or not. I didn't realise it was stick pins in your eyes or attend. And I wonder if he did, because he's literally saying, because I haven't gone to this conference, I'm going to stick pins in my eyes. I wonder if he actually did. And if he did it before or after he typed the comment. Either way. Let's uh, let's let's move on because uh, we're talking about the positive side of the industry today. Clearly, um, <laughs> right, so let's take a moment to set the table. Chris, do you want to remind everyone who you are, what you do, and where you come from? I am uh, Chris Benstead, and I am a driving instructor without a car. I specialise in theory training, as theory test explained. I'm also an audit trainer, uh, so I do all that stuff working with PDIs and ADIs. Uh, plus, I am co-founder of the Driving Instructor and Trainers Collective, the DITC, the DITC.co.uk, uh, which is a signposting platform for the industry uh, where you can find the stuff you didn't know you needed and the stuff that you think you need but you can't find. So get in touch and we can point you in a direction. We we aim to have fingers in as many pies as possible to be able to point you in, in the direction of the people that can help if we can't help ourselves. And this is the Instructor Podcast Green Room Edition. This is a monthly show where we cover all the latest news and topics, but we are currently midway through Season 6, literally at the halfway point. We've just released the fifth episode. Some awesome topics so far, including the last one on why teenagers scare the living shit out of me. Brilliant episode. Loved that. And we've got some awesome stuff to come. But if you want more, check out the Instructor Podcast Premium, where for as little as £10 a month, you can get instant access to well over 100 trainings and audio podcasts and video podcasts and written content, all this kind of cool stuff, and something that my premium members regularly refer to as the best value CPD on the market. The best place to find that, www.theinstructorpodcast.com. But I'm going to turn our attention back to the question that I asked the Instructor Podcast Facebook group recently, which is, what do you love about our industry? So I think the best way to tackle this, Chris, is for me to read through some of the comments we've got, and we'll just reflect on those comments. Cool. Sounds good. So first up was Phil Cowley, and Phil has done a list of 10 things that he loves about our industry. 
Number one, the community. Number two, friends I've made. Three, the BLR. Four, the awesome people out there trying to improve driving lessons and road safety. Number five, the amount of time people are willing to give up for free. Number six, the amount of options there is, um, the amount of options that is out there for self-development. Number seven, the expos. Number eight, how supportive everyone is of each other. Number nine, associations. And number 10, we get to change people's lives. Anything in there stand out for you as resonating or surprising? Well, seeing as we weren't personally name-checked, I think we should both move on. But um, if we're going to stick with with that list, no, I I can't disagree with any of that. Um, It's, I think everything on that list was about people. I don't think there was an exception um, that it's about about the people's willingness to engage and um, that, you know, that that comes from passion and it, it comes from people, people actually giving a shit. And, you know, that, that for me is, is something that sometimes comes out from the funniest places. You know, when things go horribly wrong, um, you see everyone step up. Uh, so yeah, I, I absolutely agree. The you said you didn't get a mention, but surely you and the DITC would fall under the associations. <laughs> well, depending on who you speak to, yes. <laughs> and well, we, at one point we were asked to be part of NASP. I declined. Um, it, we were, it, it was uh, addressed by the DVSA that may, maybe that's the the way forwards. <laughs> it wasn't. <laughs> Well, then it would make sense for to the the chair to be every three months. <laughs> maybe, uh, maybe they need me. Maybe they. Um, that that's the reason. <laughs> it was nothing to do with the quality you're doing. It's just to make the monthly thing more relevant. But um, I think the one that stands out for me personally there is actually the one he said about the amount of time people are willing to give up for free. Because I see that, you know, I look at what we're doing today and the time you are giving up to come on here and, and share your uh, wisdom with with everyone listening and potentially uh, watching. Um, but, yeah, I think that that's really, really relevant. And we hear a lot from people about how instructors shouldn't be charging other instructors. Now everything should be for free and all this uh, nice word, nonsense. But people do give up so much of their time for free. They really, really do. I can't get my head round still to this day the amount of time people give up free. I've recently recorded with Josh Holleran uh, of Mirror Signal Podcast, and his episode's going to be out soon. And it was something he was saying as well. The, the amount of time people are just willing to give up. And, and yes, we will see comments in response to that of, well, hope you enjoy the free promotion. Like, well... It's free in the sense of it's not costing anything, but it's also you giving up your time to come on here and put up with me for an hour, hour, hour and a half. So I, I like that one. Um, what are your thoughts? Any thoughts from you on that? Yeah, I, I also think, you know, we, we say about free promotion. The alternative is we pay for it um, and and then people get spammed with lots of adverts or, you know, all of these things that surely as a community – supporting each other it's a bit like buy from local businesses isn't it it's that thing of of you know not going to the big supermarket all the time and and trying to find a local company to support um i, I don't see it as being any different from that we we give each other that bit of space and and time and and we shout about yeah how, how great the industry is uh, i it's it's clearly a bad thing 
I, I had a brilliant one this week. Uh, I'd not put out an instructor podcast email for a little while. I've just timed with everything else, but I'm trying to get back into that habit. And it seemed perfect because we slap bang in the middle of season five. So I thought, great, I can reflect on the first half, look at what's coming up, and then I'll mention some of the premium stuff as well. So kind of a, a wrap-up email, if you like. Four people unsubscribed within 30 minutes of me sending it out, and I thought, what do you expect to receive from the Instructor Podcast email? It's going to be about the Instructor Podcast, <laughs> you know, but either way. Let, let, let's move on, because I'm going to come on to Melissa Judd. Now, Melissa's quite a long message, so I'm going to I'll read the first bit and condense or paraphrase the second bit slightly. Said, uh, I'm only seven months on a pink, but so far a few things I have loved is watching a pupil reflect and tell me how they will do it differently. It works, and they learn from their, mis- their mistake, and they are well proud of themselves for it. I also sit there smiling, and just as Bob says, get the learning learning out instead of putting it in. The first thing I'll say there is, when we say Bob, everyone knows what we mean. We don't need to add the surname, which is great. Um, but she also gave the example of a student who had failed a few years ago with someone else, and they've come to her, and, and they've passed. But I like the end of this she's put on, which is... Um, at a test in a, uh, on Monday in a different area in his own car, and he said, Mel, you always said a road's a road, and I should be able to drive anywhere using the same skills. Uh, and he passed with two faults, and, and she loves that he's passed in this different area, and I think that's a, a really nice thing as well. So, yeah, you, your thoughts on that one, Chris? Yeah, I, absolutely. I, I think we see them as exceptions, but actually they're the they're the things that define what we do when people are successful like that. Um, and some someone at the DIA conference actually stood up saying that, um, you know, the thing that he loves is when you have that breakthrough moment. So it's a real shame that you have to go, have to trudge through the other stuff to get to it. And we remember the other stuff more, but you have to kind of cling on to those lovely good things. Um, and but you know, all, all credit to was it Mel? Yeah, yes, all credit to Mel for, for you know being new to things and, and have figured that out and just all i would say is hang on to it because so often people can draw you in a different direction and tell you what you should be thinking yeah. um, we're all guilty of, of having fallen fallen foul of that so yeah cling on to that get a diary write these things down because they'll be lovely to look back on when you when you feel like you've been beaten into submission the the thing i like about this one is she's put it works but it's watching how pupils reflect and tell me how they will do it differently. It works. And I'm like, I love that because what she's done, and I know from speaking to her that this is the case, she's had all this negative outside influence telling her not to do it this way, to do the old school instructing method. Mm. But she's persevered. And through that perseverance, she's now seeing it's worked because she's got good at what she's doing. Yeah. And I just think what a what a lovely testament. And uh, yeah, so big shout out to Mel. If anyone wants to use the comments to tell us any of their things, what they love about the industry, feel free. Um, but I will invite you guys later on to, if you want to share any thoughts as well, but feel free to use the comments now and I'll read them out. We've also got a comment from Nicola Krebin, who uh, once drove past me in Harrogate. And I was... Uh, standing at the side of the road, I wasn't in the car. So there you go. That's that's how I know Nicola. Um, and if I'm wrong, then that's going to be embarrassing when it goes out. Uh, obviously, students overcoming challenges and passing tests. How much non-judgmental help, support, and advice you get from other driving instructors, and then in brackets, so long as you join the right Facebook groups. 
because um, some people would rather stick pins in their eyes than give help. Sharing of experiences, feeling like part of a community, the little waves and nods and smiles you'll give and receive when passing other instructors in what could feel like a very lonely job. Yes. Yeah, I, I, I can empathise with all of that. Um, and, you know, I, I think it that's your day-to-day, isn't it? Do you know, it's one of the things that I miss the most is is I'm I you know I'm in a undercover car nowadays and I don't get waved at um and I've just changed my car uh, because my other car started to be spotted a bit not spotted in a BLR way I mean people started recognizing it because it was a big red estate and it was nicknamed the fire engine so I've uh, I've now changed it for another car. I'm not telling you what it is because I'm enjoying being incognito. Except I wa- I waved out a window at an instructor the other day, and, and his oh, sorry, it was this morning. His head nearly pivoted off when he realised it was me, and he hadn't waved. <laughs> so so yeah, I, quite, I, I I that is there's something lovely about instructor waving. It's it's a a real thing. Uh, it's almost like a secret handshake, but we can't quite reach each other. I'm in an interesting place at the moment because. I started to, uh, taking my top box off in between lessons because it felt like a break. It felt like I was taking a break. But when I knew I had the top box on, I was still working. Yeah. So I took the top box off and I was waving at other instructors and wondering why they were giving me quizzical looks back because I'm just some random bloke waving at them. Um, then I realized, this is where I am now, I've realized that the top box is off. So now I never wave at instructors because I forget that it's on during lessons. So I see instructors waving. I'm like, why are they waving? Oh, yes, okay, this is what we do. By that time, they've gone. So I'm, I'm at an interesting point now. <laughs> but yes, um, I like those thoughts as well by Nicola. Um, I'm going to move on to Fiona McMeekin, who says, number one, loving all the free CPD and making new friends with like-minded ideas. Number two, watching a pupil develop to where they actually see they can achieve their dream of independence when others have told them no. Number three, helping a, helping to achieve a license after illness or disability when a license has been revoked. And number four, helping new friends by passing on information to help them better understand neurodiversity to aid teaching. Love what I do. It's not work. There you go. That's lovely, isn't it? Um, just before I ask for your thoughts on that, I'm going to mention one thing, because what's interesting there is I think that's a, the second person that's mentioned like free CPD, which is right, because there's so much available. In theory, you don't need to pay anyone ever in our industry. Everything you could possibly need is available on um, like articles and blogs and podcasts and YouTube and all this kind of stuff. However, both the people that said it pay for my premium membership. So both of these people are talking about the free CPD, but they're also willing to invest in themselves, which I find quite interesting. And and that's that's what I always think about free CPD is it's a real opportunity to find out where you're going to go. So you're right; you don't have to pay. Um, you, you know, it's, there's so much out there, and you you can har- you know harvest it all up. But what you find is it gives you that inspiration and that determination to then go and achieve something. And that's that's the bit I think, you know, that um I engage with the most. That's why I'm always happy to have a chat with someone who's not sure. Because you know, it, it comes back in other ways. It's it's great. Um Fiona's one of those. We had a 10-minute phone call the other day that lasted two hours. My other half kept looking out the window to want, you know, to see what was going on. Um, so, so yeah, no, um, she's 
always willing to 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 share and and exchange you know views and and ideas so uh she she's you know e- equally giving of of what she what she takes as you say the the number three she wrote on it um was not one i would have considered because it's not happened to me before but but helping to achieve a license or sorry helping to achieve a license after illness or disability when a license has been revoked i like that that's something i've not considered before so mm. um any other thoughts on that one chris uh, I, know, I know she's an absolute you know mine of information about disability work De- deaf learners particularly the deaf community um uh yeah she she's you know very engaged and having done a little bit of work on um on the physical disability side and doing a lot of work on neuro you know diversities um it is such a rewarding area um i think a lot of people are scared of it you know that it's the bit they don't know um if if you enjoy yeah your everyday learners and and you know you enjoy that what that gives back you know the 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 specialisms are so much more because it genuinely means more especially when they find hard to access uh so so yeah no um yeah all all power to fiona for what she does because she 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 fights the good fight yeah um i keep asking her to come on the podcast and every time she does she pulls this very interesting face which uh, is like nope but she's coming on. Um, I'm going to make one. So a couple of comments I want to touch back on. Gary McMillan says, I have to stop myself waving at the instructor's cars when I'm a passenger in my partner's car. Um, and then Kevin Ray. Uh, having been a school teacher prior to becoming a driving instructor, I love the variety and range of learners I come across. 17 to 68-year-olds so far, love it. Uh, I think the oldest I've taught so far was 60. Uh What's your oldest, Chris? 74, I believe he was. I think he was in his 70s. He was Russian um, and has a very fond place in my heart and sadly didn't survive COVID. Um, And he didn't get to passing his test. But we had a hell of a journey. Um, and he used to call me the professor. His English was very, very poor. That's all I can say. Um, but uh, the, the tip, just imagine a big Russian. Um, uh, yes, a lo- lo- lovely, lovely guy. And we, he, he didn't find it easy. And we, we found a way to communicate and get on very well. Um, and we're, I will, you know, we'll remember it for a long, long time. So, yeah. All right. I'm going to move on. Uh, I mentioned her before, but Sarah Baldock, uh, and I found her answer to this fascinating again uh she's she's throwing in some awesome um content recently also check out sarah baldock's instagram she's doing some great stuff over there if you're looking to recommend someone to your students recommend sarah baldock why have i found this question so tricky to answer what a great way to answer a question um what i love about the job i could talk for hours and regularly do about that massive job satisfaction the amazing interaction with students etc what i love about the industry when I think about it, I'm not sure what the industry you're actually referring to actually is. Is that an odd thing to say? For me, it's all wrapped up in and stems from the Instructor Podcast. All of my knowledge about the industry comes from here. Without it and the amazing people involved who give their time, I wouldn't have a fraction of the information and knowledge that I do. I wouldn't have met so many uh, great people. I wouldn't have been able to 
I wouldn't have been to any expos. I doubt, and I definitely wouldn't have done as much CPD. So for me, the industry is a friendly, open, and encouraging community of like-minded people, all willing to learn and share stuff. It's brilliant to be a part of, and I'm thankful that I am. It's just sickening. <laughs> I, I had a lovely, a lovely meeting, meeting with Sarah the other day because she's local to me. I'm really lucky. Um, have have some great instructors around here, and uh, uh, she's one of them. And uh, she's we're talking to one of her ex pupils uh, who passed, just to clarify, um, uh, who might be becoming a driving instructor. So we might be doing training with her. Um, and she she hasn't had her license for three years yet. So we're we're you know counting down the days um so yes yeah no she she's awesome and she gets it and as you say some someone to engage with absolutely i fully appreciate the the compliments you paid there to ensure the podcast but i think we can swap that out for for a number of things where we swap that out for the um the kit or the ditc or, or or whatever but there'll be different organizations or whatever you want to call them that have had that same impact on different instructors and I think that that's really, really impressive and really good for our industry. Obviously, it's nice that she's mentioned the podcast, but I do think it's it's great that someone has latched on. And again, go back to this is what this show was all about. That that response there sums up exactly what I wanted from this show when I started way back on episode one, and I believe this is episode 160. So for someone to go and articulate it like that it's like that's that's amazing for me we talk about the positive side from this that is the most positive thing anyone could say about what what we're doing here i i remember getting a, a message from some bloke who wanted to do a podcast um and would would i be interested in being involved and and stuff and i was like who's this um and I get to go out and do lots of bits and talk to people and, you know, I'm a gob on a stick. Um, and and that's fine. I, I quite enjoy it. Um, I get far more pleasure in seeing the amazing things you've done with the podcast. And and I say, when I was at the conference on Friday, everybody I spoke to, they said, where do, where do I find more about you or where do I find something about this instructor podcast every time? Because there's... I know they're not just going to find that one thing they're looking for. They're going to find all of the other things. And that one thing they're looking for might not be the hook for that individual. It might not catch them. But I know the other, there'll be something amongst the other things that will be. There's not many places that you can get that um, in, in such a nice uh, consumable way. So I, I love the fact, you know, my, my thing is, is and, and it's not just you, there's, there's lots of people out there that I can sort of sit back and go, I remember when you started out. Um, I remember when you didn't have a bloody clue um, and, and you were just kind of thrashing around seeing what would happen. And now, you know, seasoned professional, um, expert in a field, um expert out of a field um but you know it's it, it those things that's lovely um because the thing that i've always said about me my frustration is i, I get people that will get in touch and ask a question because you know i knew you'd have the answer just a driving instructor and i've just kept my ears open and and i've been lucky in places to get into rooms and and sit next to love day at a conference or whatever it is I don't know if that was lucky um but 
the the those opportunities were there but everybody can find their own opportunities and the more that we as a you know community of people putting things out there are are around the easier it gets you know back back in the day when i started the first facebook group you didn't get instructors gathering and didn't have those things i'm talking to some pdis now where you know it's just normal for them they 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 didn't don't realize how you had to try and really fight to find good now goods on your doorstep um in those little bits that are out there that mean you can dabble and you can find out what you like and you can you know steal bits and 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 that is it's a very different world and I, I love that and you know having been a little part of it um by chance as much as anything uh is is really nice and and just being able to sit sit back and see what see where stuff goes you know have a conversation and see what comes of it I mean, you mentioned at one point during there about me thrashing my arms about not knowing what we're doing. I'm still there because it's still trying to do something new all the time. So I'm constantly thrashing my arms about trying not to drown. Um, but no, I appreciate, I'm going to say some of the things you've said there. I appreciate all <laughs> the things you've said there, but specifically referring to some of the things you've said. Um, I, I want to touch into the comments again on the chat because uh, Guy McMillan said, I did a few lessons for a recently widowed lady in the early 70s who had only been driving to local shops. We did motorway lessons, so she'd go see her sister and children. It's forgotten about this. Maybe he should keep that wind diary Chris mentioned. I'm going to advise against keeping a wind diary and instead keep a wind inventory. That was uh, Adela Marzi's uh, name, uh, wind inventory, which I've since become a massive fan of. Uh, I should claim that as my own now, because most people that hear me <laughs> say it won't have heard it before. Uh, but yes, a wind inventory. Uh, all right, let, let's move on then. Uh, so the last comment that was put up in the group was, oh, in fact, you know what? A slight preface to this, because um, I've got something called Gilbert syndrome, which is clearly a very traumatic disease that is debilitating and hampers me in everywhere. And I should get lots of sympathy from everyone. That's why it's that well known. Exactly. Um, <laughs> however, one of the things that triggers this, uh, that can cause me to have issues with this, is certain types of food and drink. And one of the types of drink that can cause me to have what I call Gilbert syndrome moments is alcohol. And um, I recently lost three days after having three pints. And I 100% blame Les Hopkinson for this because I met him at the Intelligent Instructor, po- uh, Intelligent Instructor Expo. We shared three pints. Well, we didn't share the pints. <laughs> we had three <laughs> pints together. Uh, and I lost three days um, because of Les. So I'm blaming him. Hang on, uh, sorry. This is like something out of Hangover. I, th- I think there's a, there's a, a podcast episode that you know, is probably lost somewhere out there that you could have recorded and not known anything about. Well, what I will say is that Les took a picture when he left me that evening and then someone else took a picture the next day at the expo. There are no pictures of what happened in between and there will never be pictures of what happened in between. But there is a tiger. There's tiger pants. There's tiger pants. That's all I will say. Um, when I when when I hit my target of getting to the weight I'm working towards, I will share my tiger pants. Uh, no. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, Do we get a chase. No, so we're going to be a green room special. <laughs> anyway, so Les Hopkinson has uh, listed ten things which he loves about our industry. Number one, I love seeing people go from being anxious about driving and helping them to grow into safe, confident drivers. 
Number two, the look of joy when a pupil passes their driving test. Number three, the freedom to make the job and your business the way you want it. Number four, interacting with people who care about their development. Number five, the awesome people delivering free content and CPD. Going back to what I mentioned before, free CPD, someone suggest, uh, being happy they've got that, but also willing to pay. Uh, six, people, uh, sorry, six, being able to meet people from across the industry at Expos and make them lose three days. Seven, how top trainers are willing to give up their free time to help over ADIs. Number eight, the instructor podcast. Number nine, the look on a pupil's face when they overcome a challenge and realize they can actually do it. And number 10, getting up every day and loving my job. There you go, Chris. Thoughts on that? It's so lovely that there's not any selfishness in any of these comments, is there? No. It's, It's so many of them about giving to other people and it's just enjoying that you know, seeing seeing that success or see, seeing that change, you know, whatever it might be. And then the others are about growing yourself. It's a growth mindset. It's not about taking. It's all about growth. Um, there's there's no neg- negativity in any of those things. So, yeah, I, I you know, awesome. Thanks, Les. What I like particularly about all these comments, I think it's showing a certain class of person because I go back earlier on and I mentioned about, you asked about the DIA conference and some of the comments in there were just generally a bit wanky and I'd rather stick pins in my eyes. Great. What an articulate comment. That's really well thought out. I enjoyed reading that. Thank you. Now go and look at what people have said here, you know, and I think there's a a big old difference there that you've actually got some really well thought out, answers here that appear honest it's and i I just really like the the thought i like the fact that there's been a general theme to all of them but they've all been articulated very differently as well so i'm really impressed with this yeah and uh, absolutely i also love the fact that they hated something they didn't go to (laughs) yes (laughs) clearly informed Yes, um, and we saw that recently. Oh, what was it? I think it was a blog from the DVSA when everyone was complaining about it in the comments and no one had read it. Like, <laughs> I get it, you know, but maybe there's a way to complain about something you haven't read or a way to complain about a conference you haven't been to. And to be fair, that does say a lot because they're not doing a good enough job to get those people in. You know, when I say you can only complain about the podcast if you've listened, there's truth to that, but I haven't done enough to make you listen. So that's feedback for me as well. The the biggest one for the conferences seems to be they're never far enough north or south. The DIA one was literally at the heart of England. <laughs> that that's where it was. You know, you, you you've got to be fair to everybody. So unless you do a roving, you know, type thing and go to everyone, sometimes, as everybody today I think has proven, you you've got to invest to to grow yourself. And, you know, whether that be, and I always appreciate it as much as I do, nearly as much as I do financially. Um, no, I always appreciate people's efforts of taking the time to listen. Um, and I don't ever expect they should. You know, I, I, I think that there's just something important in saying, right, what can I do to make me better this this week, this day, this year, whatever it might be. Um, let, let's see how we can... Can if I go through a day without learning something, I feel that I've missed out. 
I, I really don't want to be flippant here because I, I'm feeling the cost of living crisis. I, I really am. But I'm going to use the intelligent instructor as an example. We know when their next expo is. Uh, I don't know if they've actually announced a specific date, but we know it's in October, early October they go for. So we could start saving for that now. You know, and again, I'm not, that's what I mean about being flippant. I appreciate that to some people, including myself at the minute, every pound counts. So I get that it doesn't apply to everyone, but there's a lot of people out there that that maybe do struggle a bit financially, but could go, do you know what? I want to attend that. If I save £2 a week, I'm going to have enough to take a day off and pay for some fuel to go down that day. And But we, we don't, or a lot of people don't. We kind of wait until we're a month away and they start advertising a bit more prominently and go, oh, oh, I can't make it. And, and you know, it's one of the things I'm working on at the minute is an events calendar. Mm-hmm. And I'm hoping that might help as well, because what we see is the DIA will obviously promote their event and Intelligent Instructor will promote their event and then MSA will put all these events promoted by different people. It'll be good if you could just go onto a calendar and scroll through and see all the, what I'm going to refer to as national events. Um, I'm using the word working on loosely. Uh, by working on, I mean thought about um, I was just, uh, I, yeah, I was literally about to say, right, I'm going to cross that off my list of to dos because I haven't yet found a decent system to kind of put it out there. And you can have it, but it, then, you know, there's all of that stuff. So um, if you want to collab on that one, I'm up for it. But yeah, I've, I've, I've always said that that's one of the problems is we don't know what's going on. Yeah. Um, I think if you could look at a calendar for next year, 2024, and go, right, I would like to attend these things. What do I have to do to make that happen? That could be really helpful. Um, so again, I'm not meaning to belit- or, or, or trivialize anything that people might have financially, but I think there's a, a better way to do it. And if you went to the Expo last year or the DIA conference this, uh, this month and gone, I want to go again, well, you've got a year to, to save up or a year to plan for that. You know, I think I've said before that I start planning my December diary in January. You know, I'm I'm sorted for December, always sorted for December. And but that came from a December that was really, really bad. And I learned from that and went, that's not happening again. I need to make sure I'm fixed there. Um so uh, what do we love about the industry, Chris? Like I said, there's some really good stuff there. Is there anything you want to add? Is there anything in particular you love about our industry or any if kind of anything around the peripherals or anything like that? I think the danger is industry suggests the structure in which we work. Mm-hmm. And more often than not, I hate that because it's rigid, it's not progressive. It's the opposite of probably all the things that I love and value about the industry. And therefore it's really you know, it's a real challenge. Um, and you know, this is where my mindset of DVSA minimum standards is here let's leave them to it and grow upwards um and you know so i think community is probably where my positive focus is rather than industry itself because i think sometimes when we think about that there's a real you know especially at the moment you know there's a real challenge that comes from it um so finding those things to to embrace community wise it is that when needed people step up and they always they always have um just little things when when i say little things sorry I should, <laughs> i'm just questioning that statement little things like when my when my now eldest son was born uh just a tiny thing um the number of instructors that i didn't know that reached out to me and said 
um you know what do you need how can we help um it, you know if, if there's a test or something because obviously it's not that planned um then we can we can get you know get involved and help out um and 13 years later you know there's still really good friends who i see well it's been once a year generally speaking um and i hope that something will fill that void of of community whether it's that people start going to conferences a bit more or something else but the opportunities to to meet up because um that was a blr thing was meeting the these these people that were you know keen to engage um and you know it, it is those people their passion um being able to be there when they're struggling and then for them to be there when i am and 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 that for someone who doesn't like people um that's probably what you know what i value most about uh, our community um yeah the industry frustrates me uh but i I think it's not as bad as we make it out to be sometimes i think we we make a pretty good run at things um it would just be nice if it was slightly more uh mobile if that's not an ironic statement yeah. i i agree i think largely with what you've said uh i think for me it's it, yeah it's the people it's the community it's the fact that there's so many people that expect nothing but are willing to give everything and i think that the people i mourn about are the opposite to that they're the people that expect everything but aren't willing to do anything for it but yeah. more and more i'm finding and this isn't intentional on my part it's just natural gravity unless you're a flat earth in which case no offense intended um people gravitate towards like-minded people so i i there are loads of people that i'm I'm, you know friends or friendly with who i know i could say will you help me with this you know whether i do or not it's a different matter yeah but it's like i kind of joked before about the the person that won the, the the coaching session with me they're surprised at how helpful I'm being at arranging that coaching session. I'm like, well, I think in the course I am, but they don't expect it. You know, like when I'm arranging people to come on the podcast, I'm still often surprised mm. when people say, yeah. And I'm like, well, yeah, because I would say, yeah. You know, and I think that we, we've spoke before, and I think I've said it on the podcast before, about there have been people that have been a certain way when I've spoken to them, and I thought, yeah, no, you're not coming on. Our values don't align. And that's not me necessarily saying they're wrong. We just have different values. My values could be wrong. I'm not saying they're they're right, but mm-hmm. I think that's the the thing. You just meet such a such really giving people. And the problem, and I know this is a positive side, but the problem is that the negative people always shout louder. They get noticed more. That's what attracts attention. You know, the, I can't remember. We've all seen the survey results about how negative comments go a lot higher in reach than positive ones and it draws less attention and i'm expecting this episode that i will label you know i'll probably label the positive side of the industry or something like that will get less downloads because we're talking about nice things not sitting here moaning about the dvsa but i I care less about that now i care a lot less than i used to i care more about the people that i surround myself with and the people that i'm privileged that use me as part of their their surround um i've said this before and i say it a, a lot i love my students as well i really do i think 
someone said it in the comments earlier, you get what you pay for, Guy McMillan. And you get what you give out. I, I The number of people you see online complaining about their students, very, very rare do I complain about my students. You get what you give out. You know, yeah. if you give out those positive vibes and you go on to or social media, for example, and you're talking about road safety and talking about anxiety and talking about coaching and the way you work and all this kind of stuff, you're more likely to get people interested in that than if you go on and just put up past pictures because then you're only going to get people interested in passing. And it's not a finite science, uh, but it's, it's that. And I just think there's so much good stuff that goes unnoticed. And that's what I wanted to do today. I wanted to talk about this stuff because I'm just sick of seeing all the crap all the time. And I've said before, there's nothing wrong with a good moan now and again. Everyone has a right to a moan. Everyone has a right to complain. But there comes a line where that complaining has to stop and either deal with it or take action. You know, mm-hmm. and I won't go into that too much because if anyone wants to hear me talk more about that, go check out my episode on Phil Callie's podcast. There were several rants on there. Um, so we've got another comment from one of my lovely premium subscribers, Guy McMillan, who says a lot of attraction and a secret from Rhonda burn i'm guessing uh based on you get what you focus on it's not magic your brain actively looks for examples of what you're focused on i.e learners suddenly see learner cars everywhere and people expect tests to be hard when they are yep agree with that um i've got serious reservations about the the secret and and those types of books but the way you've explained it there guy makes makes total sense um any final thoughts or anything you want to touch on, Chris, before we, we wrap up today? Um, no, I, I think, yeah, actually what Guy said kind of, you know, it, if you look for positive people, you'll find them. So that's kind of what we've what we've said today is, is there's lots of positives out there. Um, sadly, too often the negative is the thing that we remember and everyone will remember the rant from Terry and not the not the positive rant. Um, or, you know, they remember me criticising the DBSA instead of saying that actually they're doing a really good job uh, as individuals um, working for a dinosaur of a machine. So, um, you know, I, I think that it's, yeah, it, there's there's some great stuff out there. If you're having a bad day, try and look for it. Um, find your favourite podcast episode. Make sure that you bookmark it so that you can go and revisit it. Um, or do what I did, which is find a zombie apocalypse series that's written by a driving instructor that I was, to be honest, listening to because he's a friend of mine and I feel, felt I should have, and I'm I'm now eight books in. Um, I, I, you've, you've completely thrown me now thinking <laughs> about a zombie apocalypse. <laughs> the, the, there's only one rant that I regret, only one rant that I regret, and that was the four Ps rant. Do you remember the four Ps rant? Yes. Uh, yes, I do. I was about to say no, but yes, I, yes, I do remember. Uh, I forget what episode that was from, but every now and again, I wake up in cold sweats about that. I think I should go edit that. <laughs> Can't believe I put that out. Um, but either way, um, yeah, I, I would advise what Chris said there. You know, if you can copy the links for the podcast and put them into a notes app on your phone. You've always got them there then to revert back to. But uh, yeah, thank you for your time today, Chris. Do you want to take a moment to remind everybody where they can find you? 
Uh, so you can find me on uh, Theory Test Explained. Facebook is the best place for that, but there is a website that I am trying to work on um, or on theditc.co.uk um, for all of your instructor needs. So if you want some help with your pupils' theory stuff or yours, um, or if you want to you know, try and discover something that you didn't know you needed, uh, get in touch and we'll try and help. 98% of listeners switch off when I say... Do you want to remind everyone where you are, Chris? Because no one cares about the last bit. So if you are listening to the last last bit of the podcast, you are my favourite people in the entire world. You are the special listeners. Um, and I've said this pretty much in every episode so far. Uh, you are the special listeners and you get special your virtual high five. So thank you for listening and uh, go and check out the Instructor Podcast Premium, www.theinstructorpodcast.com. And uh, yeah, stay safe and drive safe. That's my five minute fairy one again. See, if you don't listen all the way to the end, you're missing all this high quality stuff. What do I say, Chris, at the end of this? What do I say normally? Um, but I don't listen to the end and I'm here. Yeah, I know. What do I say? Catch line for the show. How do I finish this show? Well, someone help me. Let's just keep raising standards. Fucking raise them then, did I? The Instructor Podcast with Terry Cook. Talking with leaders, innovators, experts and game changers about what drives them.